0: Thank you for joining IAB There, and now your host, Brad Behrens. Over to you, Brad. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream where we connect the digital advertising community. Thank you so much for joining us today on IAB There. My name is Brad Behrens. I am the Editor-in-Chief here at the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our topic today is next-gen advertising in video games. Our guest today is Carrie Tills. She is the Chief Strategy Officer and Chief Operations Officer for FramePlay. I will ask her to explain to us what FramePlay is in just a moment. But before we we welcome Carrie onto the show, I want to tell you a little bit about her. She had six years of a long career at Group M, six years as the Chief Innovation Officer. Uh, She was working at Ford, running strategy for Ford Direct. She's been agency side, she's been client side, and now with a storied career, she's venturing into video games. So this is an exciting person to help translate the value of video games to us. We've seen increased attention going to all media during coronavirus and incredible upticks in game play and game consumption. So helping us to make sense of how advertisers can play with that uh, is the topic today. Carrie Tills, thank you for joining us and I be there.
1: Thank you, that was so nice. So
0: before we start with questions if you have questions you can ask them of us but we ask you please to pose them on Twitter please use the hashtag IABthere all caps one word IABthere all caps one word uh, Carrie thank you so much for joining us so what what the heck is frameplay let's you know why what's frameplay why did you join the company tell us about that first
1: Yeah, sure, so as you just mentioned, I've had a a really blessed uh, career working on lots of different um, brands and looking at lots of different innovative technologies over the years. So I definitely can claim that I've seen a lot and I've had a lot of experience, you know, across the board in every single basically digital channel. And so it's really rare to find something that's very new and pun intended game-changing. And I know that sounds really corny, but I I actually have the background to understand the difference between what's new and what might be novel and innovative. So when I saw Frameplay and I was introduced to you know the the founders and the idea of really truly providing ad experiences in a game environment um, that that would be meaningful to the the game player themselves, as well as would be meaningful to the game developer, um, that, was, that was it for me. And the developer side is the game-changing part. The industry has spent a lot of time thinking about how to um, put ads that we already do inside of these experiences experiences. Um, we do that because it's easy. It's, you know, we we add it on to something, et cetera. And there's been moments where, you know, in our past, we've done something interesting where it's actually resonated inside the game environment. But for developers, really, it's the last thing they want to think about putting ads in their game. They want to think about, you know, their creative um, design. They're incredibly creative people. They, they're they proud of the integrity of their game. And you re- we really at Frameplay and why I joined was the approach to be game developer first and to be thoughtful about that. And when when the two founders told me about that and what they were trying to achieve, I said, I'm in totally in um, So I joined you know because of that um, uh, and frame play really what they do is they enable intrinsic in-game advertising without disrupting the performance um, or the experience of the gameplay itself. And that's really, you know, our vision is to, is to get that right, um, get that right for the industry, get that right for our game developers, and then the advertisers and the consumers will certainly win. So that's why I joined. Long winded, but I'm really passionate about it.
0: And you just joined. This is your yeah. first month, so yeah. so we're catching you early. Um, and then, uh, I mean, just the way you just talked about it, it really, it almost seems to me that the the metaphor would be. Uh, filmmakers and movies rather than television. I think that we'll talk about television, which is a natural metaphor because it's often ad supported, but the kind of attention that you're talking about with regard to developers really mirrors the attention that uh, movie studios pay to directors, is that a fair yeah, first? Totally,
1: absolutely. I mean, if you look at um, the development platforms or the what they're called game engines where the developers develop and they don't need a game engine but more and more it's making it easier for them to develop the game. It has a lot of um, uh, bells and whistles in terms of AI, machine learning, and kind of automated rendering um, uh, for the developers to use. They, they use uh, the word scene just like they do in, you know, content creation and there's a scene and they string multiple scenes together to create kind of a loop. Um, where the game is played and and that's a story and they're 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 huge storytellers um and like I said incredibly creative so it's 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 very similar and you have to think about it from that perspective when you're thinking when you're carefully putting ads inside of the game versus around it on top of it before and after it and all that's great um but what we do is we actually place it intrinsically inside the game and and that has to be complete control in those scenes by the game developer. Um, you know who are the creative leads so it's it's very similar
0: and you'll need to be I think and this is sort of the message to the the the, your your folks at the agency world and then to the brands it sounds like you need to be pretty sensitive to the context because you know you really can't have an ad for Goodyear tires in the middle of a fantasy game uh, unless you're doing it in a very thoughtful way is that? Is
1: that? Absolutely, fair? And, and by design, that's why the that's why the tech matters. I mean, when you create, which what which is what we did, an SDK that that integrates with their engine, their development engine, it has to provide those kind of levers in order for them to decide. You know, what kinds of ads do I want to put in a game? Um, it, what kind of game do I have? And so they get to choose the creative type, whether that be abstract or stylized or realistic. Um, so that it can match um, the background of their game so that it doesn't stand out and and if we get that right it doesn't need to be a manual process at all. We educate on the other side the the advertisers and the creative community you know why the difference between abstract stylized and um, realistic are important um, and then everybody can kind of win together um, and ultimately we want the consumer to win we don't want a, them to be able to, take themselves out of the game. Um, I, t- I was speaking to a huge clan leader. Um, and, Hold on, uh, t-
0: what's a clan leader?
1: Yeah, so he, the, it's basically somebody who manages a community in a game. In what game? Which and, game? And um, Well, I won't disclose what it was because it oh, was okay. a private conversation, but it's a very Fair large enough. tank game. Um, okay. And, you know, they do tournaments and things like that. And I was talking to him and I said, if there's one takeaway that, you know, we should, we should take from this conversation in order to get this right, the entire industry to get this right, what is it? And he said, make sure whatever you do, don't take me out of the game. I'm in attention. I'm there to be in the experience. So if there's an ad um, experience that takes me out of the game, then I have to kind of work to get my head back in the game. And if you, Follow those principles, then you'll do it right, and um, that's the foundation of our company. Um, it's easier said than done, which is why I'm talking to you. You know, we've got a lot of work to do on you know standards and guidelines and education. But that's basically the well, simple let's, philosophy. Let,
0: let's dig in for a moment because uh, you know I want to I want to be clear. Is there a programmatic opportunity here? What kind of scale are we talking about? Because. The way that we're talking is it sounds like, you know, a custom homepage takeover, you know, with as we would have, you know, with Yahoo in the old days still do. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I think underneath between the lines, I'm hearing that there are some programmatic opportunities and that there is putting your group M hat back on that there's some scale here. So talk with me about that with video totally. games in general, yeah. not necessarily with Frame. Play.
1: Yeah, so I just, you know, like I just am learning, um, you know, the game side of the business for sure. I'm definitely a newbie, but certainly I have experience on the ad side. And, you know, one of the things I bring to the table to this company is, you know, what what is the AND strategy? Um, you know, the AND strategy, which is our strategy, is basically considering all the foundational ad tech capabilities that the ad industry needs in order to um, plan, buy, and measure. Um, and um, uh, we need to consider the needs of our game development community, which is, you know, the most valuable part. I think because we've got to protect, you know, the gameplay itself for everybody involved, and that that side um, makes sure that we don't kind of shoot stuff into the game um, and and disrupt the game performance or the experience. Um, that's bad. And so part of part of that and strategy is figuring out how do we put some simple verification, viewability, privacy, data privacy, you know, brand safety, and then automation in the planning, buying, and measurement process, not necessarily RTB, although we'll put a pin in that for a minute. Automation to allow for efficiency in the marketplace. We don't want to go backwards on that, um, and then we can layer on all the things that that you are unique to the in ad game space, which is a telemetry data, which is you know the the What's, skew of.
0: Hold on. Yeah. What's telemetry ahead?
1: data? <laughs> so telemetry data is really you know the next iteration of viewability. You know, viewability today is fantastic. I. I personally worked on that when I was at Group M. Um, I'm very much behind that. Um, But in games, telemetry data actually provides a much richer sense of the spatial orientation of the ad to the player. Um, The player's in the game and the perspective of the ad changes every Millisecond, potentially. And so what you really need to do is help understand, you know, the 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 ratio of the ad within the screen at any given time, and or maybe the skewer the rotation of the ad depending on how you're playing the game. So that certainly is much further beyond, you know, what the current viewability standards are for, you know, standard ads. And certainly it's data we have, it's built into our system and our thought. And so we're working right now, uh, you know, with our advertisers, game developers, and actually industry partners to determine, you know, what that and strategy is um, so that we can, you know, provide the experience without disrupting the experience um, overall. Let's talk
0: about the scope of the opportunity for advertisers. Um, specifically, let's just talk about coronavirus, uh, which this isn't the coronavirus show, but it's hard to avoid talking about it. Yeah. Uh, we've seen across the board media consumption go up. People are streaming more than ever before. They're listening to more music. Uh, depending on the demographics, some demographics are reading more, and people are playing a lot more games. So, what are you seeing? in terms of changes in video gameplay consumption uh, since the beginning of March
1: there first before i comment i mean i i definitely want to say that it's it's i definitely have you know i don't know if they've coined this coronavirus guilt which is basically talking about something that isn't coronavirus um during this time because i feel so thankful to our frontline workers and everybody who's you know suffering or supporting the effort so that i just want to say that first um and um people who are you know staying home they're playing a lot more games if you uh, nielsen and april um, released data that basically said they, they saw a 45% spike in the you know volume of, of gameplay, which was on top of the, um, the Entertainment Software Association, the ESA, that comes out every year with their essential facts. In 2019, it's 65% of everybody plays games. So even even with um, without coronavirus, there's there's a significant scale. I mean, Allison Schiff from um, Ad Exchange. I love her quote. I just love it. I'm gonna make a poster on my wall. Basically, says the fact is the the gaming industry is diverse as humanity. <laughs> And that that was it for me i said you're right they are um so this isn't this isn't niche or this isn't gonna happen it happened already um so even coronavirus just you know increased the velocity of of that
0: as it does with everything uh, but to to ms Schiff's point you know we have i think a cliche that's still very powerful which is that uh, you know video games are played by teenagers in their parents basements. Uh, on on consoles. But the, the gaming universe, I think, uh, is much broader than that. We have mobile games, we have puzzle games, we have computer games, uh, we have console games. We also have, I think, the future of games with augmented and virtual reality. Uh, we have virtual reality games with Oculus. It's really quite robust already, as well as PS4. And we also have different demographics gravitating towards different kinds of games. So you know, is frame play only focused on one part of this? Is it focused on one demographic? Like, you know, Talk with us about the universe of games and also what you guys are doing with it, please.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's certainly ex- it's exactly what you said. I mean, forty six percent of gamers are are female, fifty four percent are male, and the actually average age is thirty three, according to the ESA. Um, you know, obviously there's a distribution um, in the different types of games that they're playing, but the the myth of it being you know a teenage only a teenager because they game at scale two um, is just wrong Um, and and I know that's out there so it's part of our job to educate them. Um, In terms of where we play it's really important I mean certainly everything you said is incredibly valuable and it would be really easy for us to chase you know a shiny bobble um, or something on the cutting edge in order to you know get press or dazzle somebody but the fact is we need to get the foundational stuff right. Um, you know, there's there's a little bit of catch-up work to do across the board and getting the right categorization of, of what kinds of games are people playing. Um, you know, what is in esports? Is it people watching people playing games, or is it people actually playing games? And and what what's the value of that? What kinds of creative should we put just in PC, mobile, and console? Versus you know, in addition to all the you know fantastic things we sh- we could do in in those other advanced platforms. Um, and we need to get the measurement right um, for sure. Um, the and strategy I spoke about um, before we start chasing the new universes foundationally, we should really have that, you know, get that right moment so that brands can feel that they trust um, and they should be able to trust. Cause it's one of the most brand safe environments you can advertise in. Um, but also hmm. that they feel that they receive the value they need um, before hey, wait hold on. No, move on. I,
0: I want- Well, let's do it. Let me stop you there. When you say it's one of the most brand safe uh, environments, I immediately think about, there's some pretty grody games out there. Uh, You know, there's, there's, there are many brands that don't want to be in Grand Theft Auto, they don't want to be in Call of Duty. So tell me what you mean by brand safe in this regard, because I think that it's different than what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, for sure, verified traffic uh, that, that's going to the audience you expect, first of all. I mean, that's kind of foundational. But two, um, there's two things on on the maybe the shooter games or some of those things. You know, certainly brands can choose not to advertise in, in there, and that's absolutely an option. Um, but there is some data that suggests that um, that people are changing their minds relative to advertising in those spaces. I think we have more to study on that. Um, I think brands are, are thinking about that a little bit differently than maybe they thought about that five years ago. Um, so I'm not necessarily one, on one way or the other relative to that. We give brands a choice. Um, so brand safety is absolutely um, there. Um, but I also am curious about brands that might consider going into those environments, but you know, in a way that they feel comfortable. So I think there's more work to be done there. I don't think that the industry has studied that enough.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, let's keep talking about sort of what the big opportunities for brands are. Um, We've talked about scale, but, you know, like what, what is it? I mean, like we, uh, we've seen brands with, I mean, in, in Fortnite, for example, there's, you know, extraordinary amounts of digital purchases, you know, brands can be participating there. Uh, We've seen brands sponsoring extra levels for things. We've seen, uh, you know, Pizza Hut famously integrated with Xbox so that you don't have to actually put the, con- the the controller down to order a pizza. You have to put it down when the pizza arrives. Uh, but, uh, you know, so there are lots Excuse of different me. kinds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but throw the pizza at me, mom. I don't, you know. But um, what, what what, are the, like, ha- walk us through some of the, the, the successful things, the, the big opportunities. Because I think that uh, it's such a plastic space, um, and, and and we need to inspire people. So, like, what's a, oh what's gosh. an exciting thing?
1: Yeah, for sure. And this, I mean, it's just so fun. So, of course, there's always going to be the custom stuff, um, and and that that's perfect. It keeps us on our toes, and it you know allows us to you know think about the what if. But you know, the custom stuff when you're talking about game development is really expensive and takes a lot of time, most for the most part. Um, you know, because you're basically talking about, you know, computer computer development, uh, computer programming, um, the, the game engines have made it much easier for um, the developers to develop a game itself. Um, if you read the history of, you know, why game engines exist, you know, what their capabilities they have, etc. So, so the opportunities, um, certainly, there'll be custom things, um, There still be overlays and interstitials and these playable ads, um, et cetera, before or in between or after the game. I think that won't go away either, especially in the free-to-play space. Um, but when you're talking about truly intrinsic in-game, meaning inside the game, um, the opportunities are you know with what we're doing. We're building technology that allows the game developers to place ads or what we call objects um, because as we evolve, it's not you know just a you know a billboard or things like that as you evolve its objects inside the game in meaningful ways and they become part of the story. And so there's been a few questions now of scale and let me let me address that on how you look at that because it's not necessarily a, a GRP. Um, As you would look at it in TV. Um, So, so the scale is really calculated on a a couple of dimensions. First, you look at daily active users. Um, That's really important because you want to know how often and who's playing the game and you can get all the data you would expect um, that you can get when you're doing a digital buy audience type uh, geography, etc. And then you look at the type of game and the type of device that they're playing on, because that will also vary the audience um, in which you're trying to reach. And the scale is, is immense. It's mm-hmm. immense. If you look uh, at any forecasts for um, the, the gaming industry, there's, there's never an M, there's always a B. Um, and it's a lot. The scale is a lot um it's just scale me. is a
0: lot but the inventory and so it's lots of scale but new but an, an uncluttered inventory is in some ways yeah like, for
1: sure it's new i mean if you look at league of legends that was they just riot just announced that the for the first time ever with league of legends they're going to put you know an in-game ad meaning inside the gameplay um you know while viewers are watching the league of Le- league of legends tournaments and for when we say this is new, I mean, it's the first time ever, this very, you know, well-known, well-respected, you know, um, company is, is doing this. Now, of course they have the means and the development to do it, you know, on their own and et cetera. But what about everybody else on the planet who's developing games, you know? Even from AAA all the way through to indie developers, um, you know, having something that's just out of the box that works with your engine, that allows you to place ads in the games is exactly why we are doing what we're doing so that we can make it easy and um, we can continue to curate that inventory kind of for everybody.
0: So let's talk about different kinds of brands and different kinds of ways they might engage with video games, either with frame play or or without. Because I think that the needs of a Colgate versus a BMW or a Ford, given your recent history there uh, are are different. So how, if you just think about it in terms of um, high consideration versus low consideration, what are some different ways that brands and their agencies should be thinking about advertising within games?
1: Sure. I mean, there's there's different perspectives on how you might start with a plan. You might start with where does it fit in the funnel. You might start with, you know, what kind of experience do I want to attach my brand to? You might want to experience to, you know, all the way down to, uh, you know, I'm only about performance marketing and it it fits in all of those areas i think it skews more to mid funnel and upper funnel but certainly we are absolutely having conversations with performance marketers on how do you kind of take that and measurement strategy and understand you know the view through kind of um a world of attribution um and and think about things differently obviously with you know cook the cookie disruption we have to do it anyway um so they're already leaning into you know this this the methodologies behind that discipline um, in terms of different kinds of of clients you know I've been very very blessed to work on you know Ford and Target and Unilever with some of the most brilliant marketers on the planet um and I'd love to do shout outs but they know who they are um, um, and, you know, if, if it's for if it's for all of them, but it, it fits because we have every kind of g- game genre. Um, so you have to be purposeful about the types of genres you want to align to. And then you're creative. Um, you have to be inside the game with the gamer. You have to be inside the game, meaning you have to fit. You have to make an effort this. And we did so, this with other channels. You did this in social. So this is just another example of fitting inside the environment, which is what good creatives should do anyway.
0: Yeah. You're, you've spoken about not disrupting the experience. And it, it makes me think of the work of um, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, the man who really invented the notion of flow and flow states. Mm-hmm. And And you don't get a lot of flow states in life, particularly in our right. current life where we're just having information from so many different directions. And so the, the thing I'm pulling out of what you're saying is, you know, it, it, not only if you do it right, then you get the right kind of attention to the ad. And if you do it wrong, then you take the person out of the game. So wh- what are the ways, like, tell us ways to screw up advertising <laughs> and games. Like what, what, like, what's the fastest route to a, an explosive failure when you're trying to advertise in video games
1: I love it I'll give you a really mm-hmm. simple one so say you're you know playing in a you know really cool um, you know city scene and uh, type of a game and you're it's you know you're you're navigating through it and it might be dark and it's raining and then all of a sudden you have this kind of super realistic creative you know in the the <laughs> That it kind of doesn't fit, you know. You haven't thought about the the maybe the abstract nature of the of the of the genre of the game you picked. Or or here's another one. Say you're playing a really fun, you know, kind of cartoon stylized game on your mobile device, and again, um, you 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 know, kind of didn't cre- create the abstract kind of creative. Which by the way, everybody has, if you really think about it, um, and you use more of a realistic. Uh, creative, it's going to take people out of the game. It's going to take their mind out of the game. And that, by the way, this this goes for all the ads before, in between, or after the game too, because all of a sudden you've had this lovely experience, you have this competitive experience or whatever, and then all of a sudden you're like, bam, um, ad doesn't match. Um, so it's the same as native, by the way. Any native oh, on the internet. If you read your huh. native guidelines for the IAB, you know the whole point is to you know try to you know be be inside the environment so that you're not kind of like totally askew from the experience. Um, and I think we we need to take some cues from the IAB native guidelines as we as we think about you um, maybe evolving, you know how to think about this world
0: and is frame play working with creative agencies uh, directly on this so that, uh, so that you can have the right that kind of dialogue so that but yeah okay vigorous absolutely Excellent. We, so. we
1: have to you know you you have to and and that's that's the fun part of our i mean everything's fun about this can you tell I'm, <laughs> i can Everything it's really delightful world. so you cannot be uh, every day we laugh it's so fun it's so much uh, fun
0: so, uh, a previous guest on the show and a close friend of mine is Dave Morgan, uh, who's the CEO of Simul Media. Uh, and Dave had a, published a column that I found quite striking in January, talking about video games as the next home for premium advertising. And, and I think he was thinking mostly about console games, not casual, console of PC games, not casual games. And also was thinking about the sort of cadence and tempo of them where, you know, between levels you have a sejura you have a moment to take a breath and that would be a, a good, uh, good opportunity uh, for a 30 second spot. And, uh, and I think you have a different opinion than, than he did. So I wanted to find out, you know, Kim, is the 30 second spots future? We have, uh, obviously we have AVOD and we have, you know, TV's not going away, but is, is there a future for the 30 second spot?
1: yeah first first i love dave morgan i've had the pleasure of working with him throughout my career and he's just been a very good industry you know friend um so i appreciate his perspective and i you know certainly understand the the part of the industry he's trying to grow um, which is fantastic um you know the rising tide rises all boats in a way Um, i think there's i do have a difference of opinion um in a couple of areas first um, the ratio of the game and the quality of a uh, game itself. Um, so so the ratio of the ad in the game and then the actual quality of the game is different. Um, so the graphics are much more intense. Um, you know, you're much or immersed in the environment. And so if you were to simply just shoot out of that experience into a 30 second spot that wasn't as high quality and as um, as kind of um, intrinsic to what was just happening in the game, you 100% will like take your mind out of the game, which is maybe what you're trying to do, but it's it may be so far disruptive that um, that it takes you too far. That's one. So just a happy medium on getting, making sure that you have this high quality of imagery inside those spots, which, you know, some is, I I think TV, you know, commercials try for that, but just game environments are a little bit different. And then the ratios of the ads themselves, wherever they're displayed, if they are a full screen takeover, it's different. If if they're a partial screen takeover, it's different. That has to be considered. But um, it's kind of like saying, um, I think the 30 or the 60 works great in social. And we said that at first. We said that at first. When it first happened, we tried to shove all that stuff into, into social. And you can finish... You know the sentence of what happened we actually recreated um you know the spot length for social and um you know social spot lengths can run anywhere from three to 15 seconds um, in nature just because of the nature of the platform so what we're doing is taking a little bit of a cue from social there's a lot of research that needs to be done here if you're inside the game advertising that's what i'm talking about you're not going to put a 30 second spot it's absolutely disruptive. Um, we're thinking it's six. We think it's on a loop. Um, but, you know, there's research to be done. We're excited to do it with our partners. But we think that's it based on, you know, the, the playful nature of social media and, and people's attention. There's a ton of, ton of research on that. Um, we think that's the right going in plan. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you should take 30 second um, kind of a TV plan and, and shove it into video games. I don't think it's the right thing at this point.
0: Well, we'll see if Dave reaches out and tells me oh, that I entire, well, entirely, so. <laughs> entirely, no, no, I'm, I'm suspecting I entirely misunderstood his column, not, not okay, that good. you did. Uh, so, uh, and then there's a slightly odd URL. So for people who want to know more about yeah. your, your company, what is the URL?
1: Yeah, thanks. It's uh, frameplay.gg. And you can tell the GG is frankly, you know, we're, we're built by gamers for gamers. And so we're quite serious about that and um, that's why the you know the extension was picked that way so frameplay.gg or we're on all the social channels you can find us there too
0: well carrie tilts thank you so much for joining us on iab there it's a real pleasure to chat with you so thank you all right on next monday's iab there we have a special streaming edition an hour long we are uh, thrilled that we will uh, be joined by Susie Deering, who's the CMO of eBay. We'll also be joined by Asaf Davidov, who's the VP of, Ad Sales, for, of Re- Ad Sales Research, pardon me, VP of Ad Sales Research for Hulu. Uh, our streaming edition is powered by Hulu and we're very proud that they're joining us uh, to, uh, to bring this hour long be there to you on Monday. Please rejoin us because we're super excited about it. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Tafika Mahinedin. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief of the IAB. Thank you so much for joining us. Come back on Monday and every weekday because you know if it's 2 p.m. Eastern, it's time to IAB There. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye now.